You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. This is our latest look at the Cleveland Indians. And I'm joined by Jordan Bastian. You've made it through, buddy. It's the end of spring training camp. A long camp it was. Uh, And yet, as we record this, it's still not decided uh, exactly what the opening day roster is going to look like. And then, I don't know who first used the word disjointed around Terry Francona, but it seems like (laughs) it very quickly became his favorite word. Like in every interview, he, he squeezes it in there somewhere. And the disjointedness uh, of this camp, you know, between the WBC and some minor bumps and bruises, uh, that continued with Lonnie Chisenhall's injury. Um, right. That will keep him off the opening day roster. And, and I, I feel like it's important to point out to people that DL is now 10 days instead of 15. It's just kind of a hard mental uh, adjustment for all of us. But it um, doesn't seem like a long-term thing with Chisenhall, but that just kind of shakes up the outfield even more. Which it was already a question of whether Michael Brantley is going to be on opening day uh, uh, lineup if, if his shoulder, you know, will allow him to be ready for that. So just give me the outlook for the outfield here in the last few days. Yeah, and you were right, man. It's like we have been programmed for so long to write 15-day DL. Like you almost have to just like retrain our brains. It's a 10-day DL now, and actually I love it. You know, I think there's a lot of these injuries that come up either at the end of spring or during the season where, you know, a team, you know, really you know sometimes hates having to burn a guy for two weeks. So the fact that the 10-day DL sort of eliminates, you know, um, that dilemma, you know, it, it helps. And I think in the case of Chisholm specifically, it helps because they don't feel that this is a, a long-term issue for him. But it came up late in camp where he slammed into that wall and needed to get some days off to rest and recover where he wasn't going to be able to get into games and get enough at-bats to just feel comfortable um, to break camp with the team you know, that that same type of rhythm that the other guys have. So what they're going to be able to do is, you know, backdate it in a way where he can then be eligible to be activated as long as he's feeling fine in time for the first homestand of the season. So it's really not that long. But what it did is it opened the door for Abraham Almonte uh, to make the team, you know, a guy who can play all three outfield spots, switch hits, you know, has worked really hard on, on his right-handed hitting and, you know, a guy who can be mixed and matched if Brantley's on the opening day roster. You know, maybe if Brantley needs a day off, Almonte can play. You know, maybe Almonte pairs with Brandon Geyer in right field in a pseudo platoon out of the gates. You know, there's a lot of different ways that they can utilize Almonte. And then he has a minor league option remaining. So if Brantley's on the roster and Chisholm ready to come back, you know, you have an easy solution there for, you know, sending the guy back down without fear of losing that layer of depth. Yeah, and as I alluded to earlier, I mean, this what we're discussing here could be outdated very quickly if they you yeah. know, make their make their decisions uh, in the time between when we record this and when people actually hear it. But uh, whether or not Michael Brantley is on the open day roster, which you know his his increase in in um, just you know days in a row and that sort of thing, it, it certainly leads you to believe that's a good possibility. But whether or not he is. Uh, you know, his progression this spring has, has been a true highlight of this camp and, and just the way he looks, the way he sounds, uh, his body language to go with the body itself. Um, these are all really encouraging things. I know these are things we talked about a year ago, but um, it, it seems like it's a really good situation there. He's, he's shown some power. 
Um, and, and so far, he's shown some durability. Yeah, and we did discuss these similar things a year ago, but in a much smaller burst. Like, right. it was he worked into the game, he hit a home run, everyone got excited, and then he quickly was shut down again. So it wasn't a prolonged sense of optimism for Brantley. It was like optimism early in camp, and then it quickly became, all right, here here we go again. Um, and then it went on through the whole season. So we haven't had a setback yet for, for him as far as following this, and I think that's been what's been really encouraging. The, the big issue, as we stated so many times early in camp, and we talked about this, was when he got into games and played multiple games in a row, how he was bouncing back. He's bounced back fine. You know, he's uh, ending camp with three games in a row, and I believe it's his third stretch of multiple games in a row, and he had no setbacks throughout any of those series of games. And if anything, it looks like he's getting stronger at the plate. You know, hit his second home run the other day. Um, he's hitting, I believe, a touch under 400 in the seven games that he's played. So it's more now, I think, from the Indians' perspective, less about is he physically ready right now and more about, you know, managing the volume. Is he ready for the, for the entirety of a 162-game season? You know, opening day – it's fun and it's it's going to be awesome if he's on that roster. But they're not just thinking about that first road trip. They're thinking about six months, seven months. You know, a player who is fully healthy will get fatigued throughout the course of a, a season. Let alone a guy who's coming back from the complicated injury that he's coming back from. So that's sort of what they have to weigh: is the volume of at bats and the consecutive days that he's gotten here at the towards the second half of spring training, and balancing what they've seen in the feedback and how he's feeling, how he's acting with, will that translate into keeping him on the field for the long term over a long season? That's what they'll be balancing, and that'll play a huge role in the decisions and discussions that they have behind the scenes. Yeah, and you saw them you know, doing that balancing act with Jason Kipnis as well, just in terms of it right. seems to be the mindset of let's, we'd rather have five really good months of Jason Kipnis than five and a half or six months where he's potentially fighting through some things. Um, so, you know, it seems like slow playing that made a lot of sense, but of course that opened the door to a lot of questions about how the infield shakes out early in the year. And again, this is another one where maybe we know uh, what the roster construction is by the time uh, people listen to this, but I don't, no matter what happens, I think this will be remembered as the spring of Yandi. Uh, Yandi Diaz just absolutely torched uh, the Cactus League, and, and it's one of those things where you can just see them doing everything in their power to kind of tame down uh, the, the hype and expectations and to point out, you know, here's a guy who's bounced around a lot in his professional career. So he hasn't been nailed down to any one particular position. So he has defensive strides to make. And, oh, by the way, uh, he's not on the 40 man roster and, and the service time situation, all, all those things play into uh, the decision they make. But, um, you know, what's been your, your takeaway from the uh, Yandi Diaz experience here? Yeah. You know, I think Kipnis's timetable plays a big role in this. If we were sitting here and Kipnis, you know, if the Indians knew Kipnis is going to be gone for the first half or Kipnis is going to miss the year, then I think Yandy Diaz is the guy because they know they can throw him out there and he's shown him that he's, he's a good enough hitter um, that it would translate, you know, potentially to the major league level. But they're talking about a short-term situation here. So there's a lot more factors that the Indians need to weigh, as you mentioned. Is he on the roster? Uh, no, he's not. Giovanni Urshela is on the roster. If it's a short-term thing with Kipnis, as they think it's going to be, do they want to value run prevention and trustworthy defense? 
Well, it's there's no denying whether or not Diaz is a capable third baseman. He's just not at the level that Giovanni Urshela is, and Urshela's on the roster. You know, offensively, Diaz has the edge there. There's a lot of things to weigh in this decision. You know, he hasn't had the reps at third base because they've bounced him around in accordance with major league need. Last year when they were considering bringing him up for down the stretch, they were in need of outfielders. Michael Brantley was out, and they were rotating lots of guys um, in the outfield and in platoon situations. They tried to work him out in the outfield in the minors and just didn't get to a point where they were comfortable um, with where he was defensively there. That tra- that transition continued this spring because Jose Ramirez is the third baseman. He's not going anywhere. He just signed a long-term contract. Then the Kipnis injury comes up, and now all of a sudden you have a whole third. So now it's like I've kind of compared it to a kid cramming for a test. Hey, Yandy, go back to third base. We might need you there. And he's been, you know, to his credit, doing a lot of work in the mornings with Mike Sarbaugh. They even did one specific workout where they had right-handed hitters hitting live pitching up the third baseline to him because they, you, you put him out in a spring training game, you can't guarantee that he's going to get tested. They want to see him get tested defensively. So they've really tried to do a lot of scenarios and a lot of homework to get as much information as they can because, as you mentioned, I mean, this guy's hitting over 400, and there's no denying that he's offensively capable of going to the big leagues. So lots of factors involved in this decision. It's not as simple as, you know, Yandy Diaz had an incredible spring, had a great spring batting average, so he deserves the spot. So many factors in play, and it's going to be really interesting to see which direction they go here. How do we go from Carlos Carrasco? They might take advantage of the uh, early April off days and, and uh, you know, slow play Carlos Carrasco to Carlos Carrasco starting game two of the season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that obviously speaks to it not being a, a severe situation with the elbow, uh, despite the, the panic that sets in when you hear the word elbow associated with, with such a premier pitcher. But, uh, uh, but, yeah, take us through that situation. Yeah, I think at the point where that seemed like a realistic scenario where he could maybe start on the DL, um, they could carry an eighth reliever. You know, with the off days, they didn't need a fifth starter till April 15th. It, it all made sense that that could be a direction that they went. Um, but I think at that point, when that seemed realistic, they weren't sure if they were going to be able to get him stretched out to the point where they wanted him to be stretched out. So right. since since we discussed that, you know, he was able to get up to four innings, and, uh, go back out to the bullpen, log some more pitches. And now they're comfortable with the idea that he can take the ball in game two, give them the equivalent of five innings, maybe around 85 pitches. And with what they've seen from him, you know, they're pretty comfortable with, with going that route now. So they're going to slot him in at number two, as expected, go with the five-man rotation of Kluber, Carrasco, Salazar, Tomlin, and Bauer in the five spot, um, and go with them in order you know that way it works in some built-in days off for them rather than skipping a guy and things like that so again I think at the time it was this fear over him not being able to get stretched out enough and now as they get closer to opening day they have become comfortable with the idea that he's stretched out far enough at least for the beginning of April. All right, a very highly anticipated uh, 2017 season for the Cleveland Indians begins Monday night in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the expectations for this club. So Jordan Bash will be all over it for MLB.com. And as a special treat, uh, he recently sat down with manager Terry Francona for an exclusive Q&A. If you listen closely, maybe you'll hear the word disjointed. I'm not sure if it's in there or not, but uh, (laughs) it just might sneak its way in there. Uh, Here we go with that conversation. 
This is Jordan Bashan at MLB.com. I'm here with Terry Francona, manager of the Indians. And Terry, as we look ahead to opening day here, you know, obviously you guys reached the World Series last year and, and had a pretty tough loss in Game 7, but there's many ways a team can react to that when they come to spring training. Just what have you seen in this group in terms of how they've responded and how they're sort of dealing with the expectations of the year ahead? I think just like we thought they would, they show up every day and they try to get better. Um, I would have been surprised if it would have been different. Mm. Um, this is one of the, anybody that's been around me for 10 minutes knows how much I enjoy working with this group. And, you know, there's going to be a lot that happens during this year. We know that. You know, to get to October where it's kind of glamorous, there's a lot that goes on to get there. And I think our guys are aware of that, and we've reminded them a time or two. But, you know, I think, I think things have gone just like we thought because it's been a little disjointed, you know, mm -hmm. with the WBC and things like that, but nobody's questioning their work. Now, last year we saw over the last two months uh, what the bullpen looked like with Andrew Miller. You know, the idea that you're going to have him now for a full season and the addition of Boone Logan, you know, how can that help the way you can manage this bullpen? Well, when it's, it's going to be significantly help us. It's going to make it a little bit easier on, like, Shaw, Otero, mm -hmm. but it's going to give us also, on certain days, matchup where hopefully we can give the opposing team some trouble. Um, you know, you don't, when you have one left, you got to pick a spot and then they're in the game or you're going to wear them out. This way, you have the ability to have two where you don't just lean on one guy and just wear them out. Right. But they're both, you know, Andrew's been, you know, it's well documented how tough he is on lefties and righties. And Boone has really been tough on lefties. With the addition of uh, Edwin Encarnacion, just what did you, first of all, think of the ownership's sort of willingness to go out and get a guy like that? And then also, you know, how do you feel about how this is going to impact your lineup? Well, I, one, it, you're right, that doesn't happen unless Paul kind of okays, you know, the, right. the to, to extend, which we really appreciate. Um, and, you know, if healthy, and he looks healthy, He's one of the few guys in the league where you can put it in pen, you can put it in ink, you know, because he's going to drive in those runs. He's right. just, you know, he's just that's what he does, and he plays almost every game, and he you, he can anchor a lineup, and it's going to be really good because because Napoli was so important to us, and, right. and Edwin will be maybe in different areas, but he's his bat is as potent as there is. And when you look at the spring, there have been some some injury issues. You know, Kipnis has dealt with the shoulder. Brantley's still working on his comeback. Even Carlos Carrasco had a little bit of a setback. When you look at last season, you know, there were also issues that you guys had to overcome. With this group here, how confident are you that when things of this nature come up, you know, they kind of really have that next man up mentality? Yeah, and I think because they've done it before, you know, we said the first day of spring training, things are going to happen. We know it's not realistic that they won't. So you get yourself ready hmm. and we'll try to make the best decisions we can to put our team in the best position and then we'll go play and we'll never use that for an excuse to lose a game because I don't think we believe in that but I also think we're deep enough where we should be able to handle it. This spring you know it's been two springs of this going you know watching Michael Brantley come back how, how has it felt this spring compared to a year ago with just watching his his demeanor behind the scenes and his swing, you know, in the games. You know, it's easy to forget what happened, you know, because you move on. Because I, I was pretty upbeat last year, I remember. And I really, because he did such a good job. It's mm -hmm. hard not to when you're around him. 
I do think now from experience and looking at him and his body language and how he's carrying himself, he's pretty upbeat. So when he feels like that, probably makes us feel a little bit better. This spring, and largely because of the World Baseball Classic, it allowed you to get longer look at some of the prospects, guys like Greg Allen, Brad Zimmer, Yandy Diaz, and you know whether they're on the roster or they make an impact later on, you know, or in the future. Just how much fun was it to kind of get some eyes and, and, and time, you know, with these players? You know, usually the guys you're just referring to, they may get a handful of at bats, you know, ten, but because of the WBC, I think Zim and Yandy and uh, Greg Allen all had over forty. And two of them are still here. So it's been really good for them because even though when spring training is in the rearview mirror, nobody will remember what they hit, every game experience, every at-bat is a learning experience for them, and they're going to grow from it. Terry, thanks for doing this. For Terry Francona, I'm Jordan Bastion, MLB.com. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.